The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Well, Tom, we have a bad man on today. We have on a Stanley Cup champion. New Jersey Devil, and a guy who's probably in better shape than you are today. I know you don't want to hear this, but it's true. We're going to do a push-up contest later. No, I don't know. We have Christoph Oliva on today. Christoph, how are you? Good. How are you doing, guys? Yes, I'm glad I didn't play against you. You were one bad boy. How many years did you get in the NHL? If it wasn't for the locker, there would have been 10. Okay, good. That's good. Um, uh, I retired earlier to do to injuries and things. Um, I probably could have played for a couple more years or so, but uh, I had a lot of injuries. Started in 2000 and blowing my knee out and broke my humerus in the half. It's like, uh, so I played throughout a pain for next five years and just kind of come to the point that I just, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, that's the part, right? When the pain does go away. If you get hurt one time, that you know it's going to heal and go away. That's fine, but keep getting hurt all the time. So where'd you grow up there? Where's home? Well, I grew up in Poland, uh, growing up in a small town to um, play, um, you know, play as a local team, play soccer at the same time. And Play with Mario Shakovsky, you know, me and Mario are the same team, and um, both of us made it, you know, after the NHL had the opportunity to be here. Um, um, you know, it was first it was kind of for fun, and then just uh, at some point you got to decide, okay, I'm gonna play soccer, I'm gonna play hockey, right? So I think I quit hockey three times throughout my life when I was a kid, because oh. I was want to play soccer. You know, but uh-huh. first the soccer was like I want to be the striker. You know, then I was kind of growing so fast. I'm like, okay, I'm no longer the quickest guy with the feet, so. Let me play defense, right? Next thing you're like, oh, Chris, I maybe you should be a goalie. Oh. I'm like, oh, this is no fun, right? Because I was right. five. And can't say I could jump high ever, so that was that didn't work out. So I said, you know what? I think I'm a much better hockey player. I kind of stuck to it. Good. Now, you weren't a fighter when you were a kid, were you? No, no, no. I, uh, um, I've, um, you know, growing up, always played on those um, regional, let's call them the teams, you know, district teams. Then I played for the... The Polish national team, which 16, 18, 20. I was a captain of the teams a couple of times. Um, you know, and I always want to play at Germany or somewhere and 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 um, learn German fairly, you know, fairly good enough to communicate with people. And one of those tournaments in uh, in Zug, um, I was I was there with the U twenty team. 
one of the coaches approached me. His name was Mike McNamara. Just, he, was, he was Canadian. He he worked with the Souk team, the pro team there, uh, with the junior team and um, the top team. And they invited me skate a couple of weeks later to to join the team to see if I can play the junior level. And obviously, I came in and they're like, Christoph, you're way too good to play the junior level. You know, you have a potential to be an NHL player. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm like, you know, not exactly. Here I am. You know, I was working coal mines for three years at the same time, um, three times a week. And then I kind of rotated to uh, twice a week. And just, you know, so you, you go to school, you work, then you then you do work for three days and just rotate through it, right? I did it for three years. And I had a degree of mechanical mining machines at the end. And I was 18. Or so. so I told a story to the coach. He goes, listen, scale the first team. And they had like five Canadian guys that were playing NHL retired and unfortunately you know back in the days it was very much different than it's today they told me so listen since you're polish unfortunately we cannot take you as an import but we can try to send you to um to canada to a junior team and if you don't make the nhl you can come back as a canadian junior hockey player oh, to soup uh but i was fine right I, I got my visa you know for i think seven days Guy was asking, like, why, why, why you want to go to Canada and play hockey? Like, I don't think there's ever a single Polish hockey player that played for Vienna hockey in Canada. Probably true, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it was just, yeah, so that didn't exist. I'm like, I say, listen, you know, you want to go try it, why not? I'll uh, land in Toronto, uh, never look back. Did you speak English at that point? No, I did not. Oh. Yeah, so uh -huh. it was difficult. Where'd you go play junior? I played junior um, for Welland Flames. Oh, that okay. was the um, Welland Canadians. It's the um, golden, it was the golden shoe, golden shoe hockey, whatever you call it. Golden horseshoe. Yeah. Golden horseshoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we had a great team. G Sabuko was the GM. You know, I was like this, the most targeted guy that is. Yeah. Like, yes. it's insane. I never fought my life and, you know, got hurt. Just looking at my shoulder at the end of the season as well. Had a surgery. Uh, but I had a good season. We lost in the finals to um, teams from Hamilton. And it was, you know, it was, it was great. But that was definitely difficult not to be able to you know, speak English. Yeah. which I did learn, went to school, went to um, English second language classes after school, and I basically went home and watched TV and tried to read books to try to translate everything I can because it's just a long, it's a lonely time where you don't understand. Yeah, I think it's a lot of courage, right, to come from another country, not speak the language. Uh, you're going to play junior hockey. Everybody's after you. You haven't fought before. Wow. Yeah. What's up? Yeah, Tom still struggles with the language. He grew up in Canada. <laughs> uh Tom, Tom, I got hey, I have a bigger chair here. It's just so short. I got a brand new chair. It's a big day here at the studio. It's big day. I feel, I feel, but I got to be up to your height and Christoph's height. Yeah. Uh, but then Christoph gets drafted by uh, Lou Lamarillo. Yeah, I was, I was drafted by, I was drafted third round by, uh, by the Devils. So you were playing with Welland at the time when you were drafted. Yeah, I got drafted for Junior B. Yeah. Wow, that's a that uh, just so people don't know. Usually the players that are drafted at least that high are drafted from the major junior leagues or college hockey or European. So to play with that Junior B. That you get the third round. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah but you know the, the whole thing. Before I even came here, actually, before I even really get out and get out of Poland and wanted to play somewhere else, was in 1991. I believe there was a little Hammer Olympics, right? Ninety-two. 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 Yeah. yeah, that's the Forsberg Gold uh, Olympics. Yes. So, so I don't forget. Watch. Um, you know, obviously watched every game, and Eric Rangers was on the team, and all the talk about how big and strong he is. Right. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like, all right. We don't have a Google, obviously, then because they don't exist. I pulled out the encyclopedia and um, looked up the feet versus centimeters, meters, whatever. 
and pounds versus kilos. Right. And I came to a conclusion, I'm as big as him. Yeah, yeah. cool. And the, uh, listen, the, the, the light just went on, right? The light just completely went on and ever since they just took it to the next level. I mean, I started doing things that normally you would never do it. Run a couple, couple, three miles a day. I live in the 11th, 11th floor. I would just never took an elevator ever again for like almost a year or so before I came here. Um, I done some stuff, you know, that people thought was nuts. Um, right. Because I tell them, I'm going to play. I'm going to play in the HL one. Okay, so that's what you decide. That's cool. And when I when I came to Welland, there's a number. Lindrosses? 88. 88. Nice. When I had to, um, and then she ended up playing with the Rangers in 2002 or three. I went there and protected Eric. Oh, that, that's right. He was there. Oh, cool. Now, did he know that? Yeah, I told the story. He was just the coolest thing ever. Uh, let's go. You're, like, you're, you're, you're the reason really when the light went on. I'm like, you know what? I, I can do that. Yeah, that's cool. So, then, so you get drafted in the third round by the Devils while you're playing at Welland. Now, do you go to camp right away with the Devils? Yeah, we went to um, went to the rookies camp. Right. And then I remained with the big boys camp, you know. Oh. Played a uh, couple games. And I never forget the uh, shot goes to me. What's it going to Alders? Or you can play the first game against the Alders. Remember, I'll play GMB. Okay, so people, again, that's pretty important for people to recognize. You go from Junior B Hockey Canada, that's good hockey still. But now you're going right into the National Hockey League. Not going to the minors at all. You go right into the NHL. No, no, no. So here I am. I'm putting a first game. I thought it was the first game of the exhibition game. And Jacques goes to me in the bench. Only got out in the power play, right? Yeah, was it the power play? Nice. Uh, and um, and I said to Nira, I'm like, I'm like, hey, Nira, listen. Leave the puck behind the net. <laughs> oh, that's great. So you're calling off Scott Niedermeyer? Uh, I, said, I said, Nira, leave the puck behind the net. I got it. And he looks at me. He's like, sure. <laughs> that's a great story that's oh and uh oh. i go you know listen i could wait i could skate straight line that's not this you know yeah can't say i was too agile but i could skate right yeah um and uh picked the puck up i almost didn't make it to the red line but i did i think got the puck in and we got the power play going for maybe 10 seconds chasing the puck right came back to the bench as jago was to me Oli, if you ever touch the puck ever on a power play <laughs> you will never play hockey. Uh, I'm like, uh, that's funny. That's funny. Great. And ever since Jacques. then, I took I took it so seriously. And I've played power play. I've got a couple goals on power through my career. I told the guys to listen. Do not pass the puck to me. I'm going to be first in the corners. I'll be always in front of that. I get the jump down the boards necessary. But I just don't want the puck. That's funny. That is funny. It sounds like what Herb Brooks told you, Tom. Yeah, Herb Brooks, my first year or second year in the NHL, he had a big meeting. I've told the story so many times. It was a big meeting at center ice at the practice rink in Rye. And uh, he's going around the whole team and telling them all their jobs. And he gets to me, he goes, Laidlaw, if you get the puck, give it to somebody else. You're not supposed to have it. <laughs> it's funny when they first say that to you. You're kind of like, if someone wants oh, Yeah. But then you look back at it, well, maybe that's what I needed to be told, right? In my case, it certainly was. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're Hall of Fame coaches for a reason, you know? Yeah. Dottle Merritt, her book. Well, I mean, I, listen, I've been told many different things from many different coaches. It's just actually, it's, uh, but the, you know, at first, you just don't like it. Yeah. But 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 when you really sit back and say, you know what? Okay. Yeah. I get it. Uh, you know, it, it, as, as tough as it gets, the more I love it about it too. Right. You know, prepares mentally for the whole process. It is beneficial. You know, nowadays, you know, can't say Totally, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, now, were you fighting at this point? Have you already started fighting? No, no, no. I never, 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 never did. And what happened was, we played uh, the second game I played against against Harford. Harford, and that was the way we played. And uh, 
big Jimmy Mag was on the team, I believe. Yeah. And I'm sitting by then on and uh by Kenny on the bench and I'm like, Who who is this guy? Guy looks scary. He was orange. Don't ever don't ever look he was. He, I got it. He's. I got it. Yeah. I want not listen. I want nothing to do with it at first because I didn't. You know, but you know, let to realize very quickly that uh, you know one thing is to be big guy, straight line guy, up and down guy. You know, uh, play physical. But at the end of the day, they wanted me to be. Uh, you know, uh, get the job, get get the job done if necessary. Right. But didn't this did not come till I got my ass beat up a couple of times in the minors. Um, still try to be a player. Still try to be, you know, the top guy. I tried. I really fought for a long time, for almost three years with Robbie Fitorek, hey. uh, which is a matter of different story to the whole thing. And one day I said to myself, you know what? If I go make it to the NHL, okay, I'll go be the best at it. So I just started training, like you know, summertime, three times a day. The third practice is always boxing. Just got obsessive compulsive with training. You know, Robbie told me, you got to walk the railroads. So I started walking railroads for boundless. <laughs> oh, it's insane study. I started doing power lifting, some stupid weights, you know, with right. pulling cars, stuff with right. one of my friends, Dyke, in, uh, you know Dyke, maybe. Have you ever met Dyke from uh, Dyke Newton? Newton, he's uh, an Albany rise. This, uh, I, I've heard of him. I don't know him. He used to work with us at first when we got to Albany 93. So I have gone through some... I don't know some things that is uh, just next level things just to have an opportunity to make it. And then Robbie gets, you know, promoted in um, his fourth year in the minors to the Devils. The rest in peace, Ren General and John Connell come in, both of them, rest in peace. And uh, like Oli, you're going to play with Patrick Ilias and Peter Shikora online. Oh, there you go. I went from the crash line to the hash line last <laughs> summer. Uh, but I, was, I worked, worked really, really hard for that. Uh, the first three years, I was quit. My daughter was born. I don't want to do this anymore. I started playing roller hockey. Look, look, coming in the office. He goes, Oli, what are you doing? I'm like, my daughter. My my daughter's with my, my hands. I think she was three months old. I'm like, I got to take care of my daughter. You know, and it was, um, you know, he was just, let's recite this. Let's do this again. Uh, and I went to Albany and uh, I was voted by the older coaching staff from the old different teams, the most improved player. And I'm, I'm like, oh, wow. Now, at this point, you're still not fighting or are you starting to fight now? Oh, I, then I just, at that year, my fourth year, right. I scored like with playoffs twenty-one goals. I had, I had like probably three hundred forty-five penalty minutes with like some thirty-five fights. Okay. So I was just basically just on a mission, you know. And I, I got called up for one game. Uh, actually, two, but my equipment went the wrong way. There's no other stuff. They remove the the, the the tack from the back. Yeah, and I didn't. Oh, and we played Americans and uh, landing news, landing JFK, whatever we played on at the island. My bag went to Montreal or something. Oh, all right. So that's that's interesting. So that that delayed your NHL debut because your equipment went to the wrong city. Yes, you get a pretty colorful story. The stuff you've been through, like, yeah. and I end up playing the second game against uh, against Buffalo. On the first shift, I fought Bugner. On the second shift, I had a for cycle down low. I had a post on Hashek. Wow, and that was my game. That's cool. Very cool. And so that was your entire NHL career in New Jersey then. No, no, no. I was um, played the Devils. We won a cup in 2000. I uh, played for three years. I got traded to Columbus uh, Blue Jackets um, after the cup. I blew my knee out in, right before the playoffs started with the Devils. Um, and I recovered from it, got traded, signed a new contract with the expansion team. And eight games, eight games in, I broke my humerus in the half 
I got can open in, uh, in Detroit, going full speed, I'm two on two, tried to go wide on a guy, and basically tried to tap the puck in the net, and just, you know how the boards are so close over there, but can nice. Yeah. I went full speed, first shift, third period, shot in my arm in the house. And so while getting a rehab, while I was doing a rehab in LA, found out from the ESPN sticker, Crystal Wall that trades the Pigeon Penguins. That's how you found out? <laughs> yes, from the stick wall. I had no idea. So that I played for the Penguins for Mario. Mario came back from retirement, you know, he, uh, um, he was looking for some big guys, so he got me, myself, Steve McKenna, oh, that's right. Hanky the Primo. Right. Uh, so we played it for a couple of years. Then I ended up signing the Rangers. It was a big fiasco against Columbus in the last three seconds of the game. Uh, the old Fraser, Fraser was the event with probably the other day. He was the referee. Oh, um, okay. Harry Fraser. Um, we played Columbus, and I used to play for Columbus. I got traded because of my arm. So Trotcher goes to me. Only you, Barney, and um, McCarty get out to kill it out. So that's what Sandy McCarthy, Matthew Barnaby, and Chris Avolio. Oh, that's yeah. a line right there. I, cha- I changed when I was on the other team. Hey, three seconds left. Yeah. Oh. Three seconds left. We lose in the game 6 3. What do you mean, kill it out? <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 so the way I look at it, and, and, and uh, uh, a Frazier comes out to us. Uh, if you look at it, you can Google this on, uh, on YouTube, the fiasco, uh, Rangers versus Columbus. The last three seconds, Fraser standing the fingers, just like, just like in a slap shot. You three do anything stupid. <laughs> I will throw the books at you guys. I will suspend you. I suspend the coach. Oh, yeah. Was, uh, so, anyway, make a long story short, I got five games. Oh. I got five games. Uh, I think McCarty only got $1,000 fine. I think Barnaby, I think, got two or three games. Uh, Trachi got three games. And the team got fined $50,000. Oh, wow. Oh, but again, if we didn't do nothing, because Sherry was running around after Malakov, like, you don't do anything, you don't have a job, yep. you do something stupid, but you can't win. There's no way situation, right? Yeah. So I just, we just opted to say, you know what? We said to Kenny, I'm like, do you really think we do anything? He goes, who's taking the face of? I'm like, I am. I'm the best face of guy. <laughs> I, it's funny to think about those seasons now, but when you're playing back then, like, you, against the Flyers and stuff, you know, if you get up three goals or down three goals and there's a face off, Three seconds ago, you know what's gonna happen. It's it's yeah. it was almost like you had to do it back then, right? Like you said, it's you had to send dollies. Yeah, I mean that was a, like what, what 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 I never forget. We played like uh, you know, with the game got out of control a little bit. The last ten minutes of the game, it's like the longest longest ten minutes of your life. Yeah, yeah, totally. Did you, you know? did you enjoy fighting? What you got going? Um, you know what? I got really good at it. And what happened was, um, it's it's dangerous. Number one, I mean, yeah. so I never wanted to fight. I was never the kid to want to fight. Um, because it's not, it was never me. Uh, I was, I, I played, you know, at the level, physicality level that is like borderline dangerous, right? Yeah. But it was still within the rules. The moment I was, you know, I played at 6'5", 245. Ooh. My last year was 6'5", 255. I mean, so when you get it going, I mean, it's a dangerous, you know, saying, yeah. you know, right? Um, and, but I, you know, I play within the rules, I think, for, for, you know, for the, you know, when, unless things got to come true, obviously. In order to be, you know, a good fighter or, you know, be able to to go to sleep the night before or go to sleep, you know, kind of night before the game, you have to train to a point of no return. So, like, I never, people still ask me today, Oli, who, who is the best fighter in the league? I'm like, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had to think that way, right? You have to think that way. Yeah. There's another way to do it. The moment you guess yourself. And, I've, and there was a couple of times I guessed myself. Yeah. And a couple of times I got hurt. Yeah, yeah, that hurt. Really? Oh, you know, I've been on a pretty good road, but uh, I don't know. 
what do you think, Krista? We, should I switch my hands today? Let's just just try to reinvent again, which there's no reason for it. Right. Just do what works. Don't try to reinvent it. So, um, you know, I've never, um, I, I've trained so hard, uh, especially off summer, that I felt I was invincible. And that's the thing, too. And, and everybody loses fights. You could be the best fighter in the league and still lose, right? That's part of it. Well, look at boxers. Mike Tyson got knocked out. You know? No, I've lost. I've lost. It's funny that you, you say you had such a cerebral approach to it because we had on our, our buddy Darren Langdon, and he had no thought to fight. He just went out and just fought right. without any strategy. Yeah. Then, then you probably fought Langdon a couple times, right? Oh, yeah. We had a lot of long ones. Yeah. That's the thing with him, right? He was smart. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's like, it was like, that was the thing I wanted to learn of because he played. He played the minors for the uh, uh, Bennington. Yeah. Um, and he got, he got always called up, like, you know, it's down the street, basically, right? Yeah. So I'd have to watch a kind of, he had this one minute, two minutes fight. He's like, yeah. dude, you got to be in shape for that one, right? And oh, uh, he could a long time, yeah. Well, he would really think, too, like, if I fought, it was more, I just get mad, throw punches for about 15, 20 seconds, then hold on, right? Other guys like yourself really had, uh, like, it was okay. There's that first volley, and now, it, like, with Langdon, it keeps going, keeps yeah. going, like, he wants you to get tired, so. Yeah, well, I'm much sorely not a guy, yeah? Yeah. Oh, I fought him uh, his first year in the NHL. I didn't know who he was. We fought Pittsburgh. Actually, the, the video, uh, there's a video on YouTube. It was pretty good. I did all right in it. But the problem with that is, uh, you could live through this many times, where every, he, he knew that if he was going to play in the NHL, he had to fight for every game. Yeah. So once I fought him, whenever he played against us, he'd come up to me all the time. He said, Layla, let's go. And I finally said, listen, I'm not keeping you in the league. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> You've got your one shot. I'm not fighting you anymore. I added, uh, um, we played against San Jose. Nine, uh, I think it was San Jose. Yeah, it was uh, 97. I remember, I forget the beginning of the uh, early in the year. I came out of penalty box. I don't know what, what transpired, you know, shift, couple shifts earlier. I came, if you watch this video on YouTube, I came out of penalty box, stake really in a head high. Oh, no. Oh. He must have done something stupid. Something had to happen because, uh, yeah, no. And ever since then, we kind of bottled throughout. You know what? I, I give Marty a lot of credit too because we, like I said, when he first started, just, he couldn't play in a beer league. He couldn't skate out there, so he knew he had to fight to stay in the league. And then once he he worked to be like you did, he worked to become a player, but still kept the tough thing going too. Like he was a legitimate player that played power play, penalty killing, but still was that that fortune too. So I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom, a performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Christoph, did you, uh, you go with Dolby a few times? Oh, yeah. So listen, this story. So this is the one. So <clears throat> when I played for the um, uh, for the World of Champions, okay, in 92, 93 season, uh, my general manager, um, G. Sabuko, takes me to the game. We got the gold seeds behind Felix Potvin. It was our very first NHL game. I walked into the building. I'm like, wow, jeez. We have never seen anything like this, right? This is getting better than that. Old Metal's Garden. Yeah. Oh, that was a great place to play or watch. Yeah. Yeah. So that I see it. Um, and they play, so I was a shutters game. And uh, they don't end up fighting some guy who I ended up eventually fighting the minors a few years later. So he fights him, and there's a couple other fights. And Gene goes to me, my GM, he goes, Only one day you're going to play him. I'm like, oh, no, man, I'm going to play But if I'm going, I say, Listen, but if I'm going to do it, I make sure I go after Domi I first shift. Fast forward, fast forward now, five years later. I line, line up against Domi on the face of it. I think it was commercial. I said, Ty, listen, I got to tell you a story, man. He was, only I heard you crazy. I'm like, no, no, listen to me. No, listen to me, okay? Five years ago, I sat behind the glass. So you're, probably you're, my you're gene. Talking to, you're talking to Domi while this commercial. On the face of it. Yeah, that was a commercial, yeah. I said, I promised my GM that, would, you know, say nice to you. I'll kick your ass. <laughs> he goes, you are more crazy than I thought you were, eh? <laughs> oh, God. You know the worst thing about fighting him? His head was like a block, like a cinder block. Like he could, I don't think I ever saw him get cut, I don't think ever, right? Listen, I got in a fight in Jersey against him. Um, I'm not kidding you not. I, my head was just a balloon up. It wasn't, yeah. I couldn't even close my head, open my head. I had like my hand, and not just because of him, but in my hands generally. Yeah. Part of my day was watch to hear how my hands, the ice cubes. Wow, uh, single times a day because I, I couldn't my hand. It was, it was horrible. Well, that's the thing. You see the heavyweight fighters like yourself, they're pretty much all their hands are a mess. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, people don't really see that. The fans never see that. You're at your house watching TV with your hands in ice buckets. I mean, that's like the sacrifice you make. Yeah, ice buckets and the, the, what are called, the uh, oxyproxy. All right, so your career comes to an end. Uh, all the injuries and everything finally pile up. Well, wait, he has a great run, though, before he hangs up. He goes to Calgary and come a game away. Yeah, bring another yeah. Game. yeah, went to Calgary, too. Yeah, went to Calgary. Um, and... So, no, so I, I got traded from Boston Bruins to, uh, um, after the fiasco, got traded to Boston. And, and Robbie Fitter was the coach. So he calls me, and I don't forget it. He calls me about uh, 5 p.m. on, let's say, Thursday. He goes, only we traded for you to come to, to watch uh, Big Joe's back. I'm like, sounds good. The problem is my- Who's Joe Thornton, everybody? Joe Thornton. Yeah, yeah Joe Thornton, yeah. Um, the Rangers sent me to minors because I had a, I had a five-year suspension. And- uh, um, and because they, they, they went out west, so that might as well just play some hockey, right? So, but I was, you know, living in Jersey. So I was going back and forth, hard for between Jersey, three hours drive. I mean, not down the street, but uh, got to do what you got to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I get a call from Robbie at five. He goes, Oli, we play tomorrow in Toronto. Get on a flight, come here. Robbie, I'm in New Jersey, okay? It's 6 p.m. Uh, I'm going to get my stuff. I'm going to get on a flight, like for the earliest flight. I would hopefully get there by 10, right? right? So I get there. Didn't get any sleep because the flight was delayed or something stupid happened. Get to the game, and Robbie goes to me, 
right before we get on the ice, he goes, Oli, can I see your sticks? I'm like, Robbie, would you leave my sticks alone? Okay. Like it's, it's, it's time, right? Like I'm, this is nine years later. Okay. Like now the sticks. Okay. Like just, it's been working for me, the sticks. Takes all my three sticks before the game and breaks them. A week that I'm here, I'm going to ask to warm up. And I'm like, Robbie, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? He goes, Oli, do you think that George Thornton is a good hockey player? I'm like, yeah, he's one of the best. So from this point on, you will use Joe Thornton's stick. I'm like, Robbie, I don't even, I can't even, not even cut. He goes, Oli, don't worry about it. You don't need it today. Just drop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I had a one shift, one shift. He's like, rest in peace, Wade B-Lock. Oh. He goes, you know what you got to do, right? And I get it. I get it. And uh, we had a great battle. Me and, me, me and uh, um, uh, Wade, we had a lots of fun. We had He's a big boy too, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, too bad. It was good. And um and it was the finest day I ever heard. It was only today you won't need it. Just drop it. Is, Robbie. You know, I played with Robbie. I'm good friends with Robbie. I, he coached me in LA too, so I can see him say that, yeah. I saw Robbie at the Devils uh, the playoffs here. He was here good. So what happened to Calgary? So, you know, we didn't we didn't make a playoffs the Boston Bruins, I believe. We made a first round and we lost to Ottawa, I believe, something along this way. Oh, uh, we didn't make the playoffs and then we kind of cleaned the house including Robbie. So anybody who Robbie brought, um, you know, they kind of waved them or whatever. I don't know what you're right. Yeah. So they 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 bought me out. So I get a and I become a restricted free agent. And uh, so I call my agent. I'm like, what's happening? Here? You know, like he was. I didn't know anything about it. I'm like, oh, I knew my agent. Yeah. Uh, it's like if Tom was an agent, that's what happened. Yeah. And you know, and um, you know, I know one thing. Does if you back in the day, I'm sure it's the same way nowadays. Uh, if you fire your agent. The agent has to send out faxes back then, obviously, right. to all the organizations that he's no longer representing you, right. so they all can contact you. So first call I got within minutes, Daryl Sada calls me. Only Daryl Sada. <laughs> he, was, he was straight to the point. He goes, if I bring you here, what do we get? Because you're going to get paid. So don't. I'm not going to give you money. Just give you the 550, whatever it is, right? I'm like, yeah, sure. What do I get, Oli? Um, well, I'll tell you what we get. I'm going to lead the legal fights. And he goes, oh, yeah? How are you going to do that? Because you can't fight anymore at the end of the games. Oh. I'm like, I am like, I know. They changed the rule because of me last year. I think you forgot. Yeah, that's right. He goes, so what are you going to do? He goes, we just go after the first share after everything. Yeah. Just make, make them escape to play. That's what he was. What again? I said, we're going to play for Stanley Cup game seven. He goes, you've lost your mind. <laughs> he goes, but whatever, whatever you're saying, I'm buying. He goes, pack your bags, come in. Wow. I led the league in fights. We played game seven. And we lost, um, we lost a double with T to Tampa. Uh, oh, that's right. That, Marty St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, guess was on the ice. Z Iggy and uh, Conroy. Two guys run the, the team now. But it's just right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Wow. And, and Chris Simon, it was just a bet. It's just parked in, got in the zone. Chris Simon got tripped uh, by the defenseman. It's a short slew for penalty, actually. The puck goes down, puck doesn't get out, goes down, suddenly picks it up, shoots it at a bad angle, short side. And I was like, Kipper's just like, and we're like, we're just hopping here. Yeah. Um, and that first game seven, I uh, went to Tampa, you know, he just worn out like June 8th or something. We played, you know, Tampa swept, I think, they swept the uh, 
Flyers uh, the year. I think there's a couple of teams or we've played like literally six, eight more team games overall with overtimes. I think they switched to It's not an excuse. Uh, then I had this inconclusive going in game six, which right. is not a nightmare. Uh, and I'll get to watch it, you know, game six and game seven because it became on the NHL all-time class. Again, that was on that team, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. 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 Did he fight? Who did he fight in that series late? Did he fight? Um, he, he fought um, uh, La Javier. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wow, the two two superstars. Man. Yeah, that was a good scrap. Most of them were big boys. Yeah, we, yeah, that was awesome. We had a great team. We had a team that, uh, you know, we as a team would went, uh, uh, you know, lunches together. You yeah. know, after the games, we went out. The wives went out. The girlfriends, whatever. We always kept it together. So we had a, you know, we didn't have outside of Iggy maybe and Kai Conroy. We didn't have many superstars. Everyone brought the best to the table. So was that it for you then? Once that series ended, you retired? No, I uh, came back to New Jersey. I um, signed three contracts with the Devils again. Oh well, and you know, unfortunately, there was a lockout for the year. That's right. Yep. Uh, which messed things up, and uh, I tried to play, and like I heard something could pull my groin. I'm like, this was like as I started training and stuff, and uh, now the 2005 or 6 you know, started. Uh, they implemented all the new rules and stuff of things, and um. And I was just, you know, not playing for a year. My body hurt. I mean, my body kind of, not, not playing, staying in the game yeah. for a season, it yeah. takes a huge toll on you as a player. Yeah. When you're still, you're 6'5", 215. Right. And you're not, you're older now, too. You're not 21, 22 years old. I was, uh, yeah, I was, I was 32, 3 yeah. levels. And after eight games, um, you know, plus I was going to a couple of my uh, uh, personal stuff, you know, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I went to Lou and I told him straight up, you know what, Lou, I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, for the opportunity everything you've done, you know. He wanted me to go to Albany and stack it out, you know what I'm saying? I said, I just don't, I just can't perform at the highest. I don't feel I can give you my 110%. I cannot focus anymore because of my divorce being gone for a couple of years now. And it just really, um, I wasn't the same player anymore. You know, I felt like I'm cheating my team. Sure. Um, was the right thing to do? I don't know. Uh, wrong thing to do? I don't know. Well, that's probably why Lou brought you back, right? Because you were that kind of family guy that he liked. Yeah. That's the way Lou was, right? If you were part of his team, you are part of the family. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I was committed to him, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> and then I remember forget the two assess to Lou. Uh, I asked Lou one time, because I was still on the NHL contract. Right. I said to Lou, hey, Lou, do you think that you maybe remain with an organization, anything. You know what he told me? You're not qualified. <laughs> he did say that? Wow. Oh, that's wow. a thing. Yeah. So people that don't know Lou Lamarillo, he's got yeah. a great reputation around the league. Yeah. But he's, that's it. That's, that's yeah. what he said. That's what he, he'll, yeah. to, he won't soften the blow. He'll just say it the way it is. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I understand. Uh, and I, I, you know, I took it to heart. I have completed five years of Five level, fifth level of issue USA hockey. Right. I started my own USP Chakaskarinos organization, Travis City, Michigan, Kakaska North. I did it for four years, and it's been grinding out this stuff, you know, training kids. Now I'm working with you know GDM Sports. Let's talk about that a little bit. What you've done since you uh, since you retired. Let's talk about those businesses. So the GDM Sports is that you work with somebody else as a hockey advisor? Yeah. So 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 Dave Matcher, he's the founder of uh, GDM Sports. He's been in business for let's say 60, 17 years. And he's always asked me, Christoph, you put such a hard work into what you do. Everyone's watching you, even the social media or 
or see you training, posting stuff. I mean, you 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 work, okay? And um, he side built a team from squads in Michigan, where you know eighty percent of my players they were international players, and so tried to recruit that. Uh, start from nothing, right? So he always wanted me to work with him. And one day I will come saying, "No, the COVID hit." I'm like, oh, "I gotta reinvent this game here." Yeah. And because of the COVID, kind of really not necessarily forced me to it, but I took a look at it. I said to myself, "You know what? Based on everything I know, because of being there, you know, on um, in all aspects of the game, um, you know, the, I call the wheel of fortune, uh, upside down, in, in and out, traded, release, bought out, wave, name it. You know, winning cup, losing cup, but the list goes on. You know, there's a lot of things I would have done different myself personally if I if I had somebody who could help me, you know, guide me yeah. through." Yeah. And again, this, listen, this is not about guarantees here. There's no guarantees in life, especially in hockey. You know, I tell all my players, all my uh, families, I say, listen, your son is a very much different player from the other kid. Okay, your son to 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 success uh, is going to be very much different than this kid. Now, you know, every success is defined differently, right? Some kid's success maybe just playing junior hockey. Some kid wants to play just to make NHL. Some kid wants to be one win five Stanley Cups. So, you know, we, we just try to help a guy through it being the mentors. Um, I try to lead by example, but it's always staying in shape and grinding on myself. Um, you know, don't feel like doing half time because I'm pain, um, but it's um, it's the right thing to do. You know, so. Yeah. Like teach them that discipline, right? Because the motivation comes and goes, you know this, but if you got discipline, you get up at your, your certain time in the morning all the time and you get your work done. Yeah. Uh, makes me, And like you said, even if they don't make it in hockey, it helps them with the rest of their lives too. It's a great lesson for them to have that discipline. To be yes. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and that's exactly my message to the players. You know, I like I've trained kids now. I mean, they, they, I had a boy show up yesterday, ten years old, and I said to him, "I'm like ten. How old are you?" He was ten. When you started playing hockey, he was I was three. Oh, I said, "Okay, so what are you going with the whole hockey thing?" He goes, "I don't know." Okay, give me twenty push-ups. So he gets in twenty, gets up. Goes, so what are you going with the whole hockey thing? I want to be a good player. Okay, give me that a ten. I know where you're going. I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then he goes, I want to be a professional hockey player. Okay, you get in there. Give another five. Yeah. Then he goes to me, all right, I give up. I want to play NHL. That's right. <laughs> That's good. That's a good way to teach it. Yeah. But, but, but give another five to, to, so you understand why you want to play NHL. He gives another five. He goes, because I want to win a Stanley Cup. That's right. And what are you going to do when you win a cup? I'll go on the second one. <laughs> I good. Eat. I learned. Good job, Tanner. Five minutes conversation. The father comes in. I said, tell your father, where are you going to play one hockey? One day, why? Nah. He was mind blown. Because that's what happens. Like, you know, like, I started skiing, I think it was like eight. So I had late, obviously, right? I never forget that we had a, um, we were sitting on a bench. We had a very first jersey, the old wool, wool jersey. This old school. Yeah, yeah. We got a helmets, gloves. So we had not no equipment or nothing, just sitting there. And our coach came in front of us and he said to us, "You guys look at a bunch of NHL players, and we had no idea what NHL is." Right. Let me tell you something; it really opens your mind to other yeah. possibilities. Yeah, cool. so I believe in that. You know, I think tell the kids all the time: listen, if you truly want to make it, I believe you can. Why? I made it. If I can make it, you can make it. You guys have. Anything you could possibly imagine to be successful. It's good you do other kids. I believe in that totally too. I remember myself coming up when they started telling me a scout first told me when I was like fourteen or fifteen years old, actually he was telling my parents uh, that I could play in the NHL. I remember hearing that and I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Well, listen, you've had a heck of a journey from Poland, all the things you've done coming over to the United, North America and not being able to speak English. So uh, 
you are you are a good example for the kids to, to understand that you, listen if you work hard enough at it you can play in the national hockey or you can do anything you really want to do in life if you work hard enough at it so thank you very much for coming on the show Christoph anytime say hi to uh, my boy Mark Paterni oh that's right he's your buddy yeah Marky next time next, next time I go uh, next time I'm going to be shirtless too that's <laughs> like calm. And, and we're the sandals too yeah. we're two of us we go and stuff Ozen yes we should do that you know what we should do that yeah, yeah, but you know what the funny thing is? I have to get more tan, though. He's so I know, yeah. yeah but right. we need to know, where's the ring? I you know what? I'm going to have to get fixed. I dropped my ring. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. Yeah, no, I had it. Uh, I was actually, no, it wasn't even me. Somebody shut the ring. I put it out of his hand so hard. He tried to pull it off. I haven't saved. Um, and tried to pull it off and just threw it across the oh. thing oh. and hit. Um, and the logo, the, lo- the devil's logo, it's um, just popped. So the, it's easy fix because right. they're like promising it. But the place is in like uh what a place called by by way by metal metals over there, like uh uh North Jersey. Oh. And I'm like, you know, procrastinating for the past year or so, but I gotta yeah. make it one day because I have a I know the guy I'll fix it, Crystal just come in and uh just have no media. And and uh, Christoph, people could follow you on Instagram, correct? Yeah, yeah. My my Instagram is the all over shred zone, just like that. Um, you know, as well as personal, I kinda make sure of everything. What really shows you like kind of what I do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, like from here, for example, I'm going to change. I want to kind of already change. Just take a different team. I'm going straight to the gym. You know, after that, I'm come home, have a lunch, and I'm going straight train my kids. You know, and meanwhile, I'm going to call all my clients, whatever, you know, I need to work with, you know, during the summer to help with the, you know, placement, team placement, stuff like that. You know, a lot of teams, a lot of teams closing the, you know, rosters and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a grind. Yeah. The next time, no shirts. Tarps off. That's right. Let's do that, dude. That'd be so. That'd be so fun. Imagine. Hey, all three of us. All three of us. Yeah. Oh, that's good. We get talked out. We're like, oh, we no shirt too. Yeah. There we go. All right, Christoph. It was great to meet you. Great talking to you. Thank you very much for calling. Thanks, Christoph. Invite me. Bye. Good job, brother. All right. Well, Christoph Oliwan, Polish rifle. What a Polish rifle was interesting. Yeah, it wasn't like Polish power. You know, who Polish power is growing up in the seventies, uh, right? No, Ivan Putski, a wrestler. You were a wrestling fan. Uh, I was a little bit, but yeah, we Andre the Giant used to hang around. Some old pictures of us with Andre. The Giant. Oh, really? We gotta, yeah. we gotta dig those up. Well, all those Canadian wrestlers, the Hearts, and all those guys. That's well, a... Camp Connor was friends with Rowdy Rowdy. They like best friends. Other Canadian. Yeah. That's right. Oh yeah, Camp Camp Connor we're gonna have a lot too. But yeah, that's right. They were best buddies growing up, right? But Oliva, yeah, he uh, looks like a wrestler. Yeah, he, uh, you know, it's one of those things I really, I spoke to him once he didn't remember on a plane. So everybody has a reputation, right? And sure. Not not usually accurate, but his reputation is just a nutcase. You know, when you saw him play on the ice, that's what you thought of him. But very thoughtful guy. He talked about how hard he worked to get to the National Hockey League. Sure. And coming from Poland into Canada, not being able to speak the English language at all, by really not knowing what was going on, he wasn't a fighter. Yeah, uh, getting picked on all the time. It's amazing because yeah, like Zuccarello came from Norway and Kopitar came from Slovenia, but you have two guys at the same time and they're buddies growing up. Yeah, Tchaikovsky and yeah, all about making a joke from Poland, which is crazy. Yeah, very cool, good guy. He's uh, yeah, yeah it's a good story. Uh, good, good chat. And he had some funny stories, but yeah, uh, I, and you know what? First show with the new chair. The producer now has a new chair, so it's the first show. It's kind of like it's a little squeak. Our budget has increased, so we're able to get a chair. We get the WD forty out there. So we'll, we'll get this less squeaks last time. But yeah, great show. All right, grasshoppers, thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.